Richard Bennett, Converted Catholic Priest, now Evangelist, presents Contrast. If you wish to write, the address is Post Office Box 55353, Portland, Oregon, 97238. Permission is given to record and copy the entire message. And now, here is Richard Bennett. Today's contrast is between what the Bible commands we are not to do, we are not to have graven images in our veneration or worship of God, and what the Roman Catholic Church says we are to do, that we are to have graven images for the veneration of the faithful. In my own journey towards biblical faith, this contrast played a paramount part. It was the first thing that I came across that shocked me in the Bible. Having read this, I went to see the Archbishop, and he pointed out to me the authority of the Church, Code of Canon Law, present-day teaching of the Church Canon 1188, quotation, the practice of displaying sacred images in the churches for the veneration of the faithful is to remain in the church. And I went to study my Bible to see just what does it say about graven images. They are not to be used as mediation towards depicting any similitude of God, the likeness of anything divine, and we are not to use anything else as a symbol of what is divine. To use anything in the similitude, in the likeness or form of God, is what is absolutely forbidden by the commandment, and again and again in the Old Testament part of the Bible. For example, in Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 15, Take ye heed therefore unto yourselves, for ye saw no manner of similitude on the day that the Lord spoke to you in Horeb out of the midst of the fire, lest ye corrupt yourselves. And the commandment itself in Exodus chapter 20, Thou shalt not have other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or the likeness that is in heaven above or is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth, thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I am the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. God calls this hating him to have graven images. And so I became convicted about this commandment. When I tried to rationalize that maybe this was for the Old Testament alone, I saw that Christ Jesus upheld the law again and again. For example, in Matthew's Gospel he said, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy but to fulfill. And so it is in the Bible that we are told not to get into idolatry. 
and the example of those in the wilderness who did get into idolatry is given to us so that we be not idolaters. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. What has happened back there in the desert? It was Aaron who set up the golden, the golden replica of the calf to represent God as a medium towards worshipping the God of Israel. We are told in Exodus chapter 32 that he built an altar before the graven image of the molten calf and Aaron made a proclamation, quotation, tomorrow is a feast to the Lord, end of quotation. He was trying to worship the God of Israel. And this is what the people did, try to worship the God of Israel through this molten image. And God condemned them, and many died in the desert for their sin. And we are told in First Corinthians to take that as an example. And we are told also in the New Testament by the Apostle Paul, and it is written down in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 17, quotation, God that made the world and all things therein, neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. Inasmuch then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think of that, that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone or graven by art and man's device. And then we are told that in the past God overlooked such things. But the word of God, really clear in verse 30, but God now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. That anyone who is into worshipping God by means of graven images is to repent. That is God's word in the New Testament, clear, and it is absolutely precise. We are not to have graven images, and the same commandment is repeated in the New Testament. Then, as a Roman priest, I was convicted, and I saw the official teaching of Rome at that time. What is the official teaching of the Catholic Church now, 1995? It is the same teaching as in the past. In the New Catechism of the Catholic Church, its official teaching is in paragraph 1129 of their New Catechism. Under the heading, You shall not make for yourself a graven image, we would think that they are just going to stand for the authority of the Bible alone. No. This paragraph says such, but the following paragraph is going to put in the Disclaimer, nevertheless, the words of the Catholic Church, word for word, paragraph 1129, quotation, the divine injunction included the prohibition of every representation of God by the hand of man. Deuteronomy explains, since you saw no form on the day the Lord spoke to you at Horeb out of the midst of the fire, 
Beware lest you act corruptly by making a graven image for yourselves in the form of any figure. It is the absolutely transcendent God who is revealed himself to Israel. End of quotation. And so here is declared precisely what the Bible says. But in the following paragraph, the Catholic Church begins to rationalize. It says, Nevertheless, already in the Old Testament, God ordained or permitted the making of images that pointed symbolically towards salvation by the incarnate word, as it was with the bronze serpent, the Ark of the Covenant, and the cherubim. Here the Roman Church tries to rationalize that since there was artwork around, that God did allow graven images. The answer to this is no. These things were art, the cherubim, and the Ark of the Covenant. They were not set before the people to be venerated. And when the bronze serpent was being venerated by the people, God commanded that it was to be destroyed. And so if you read in the pages of Scripture, you will see that it is the similitude of anything divine. And once the people transgress in this matter, God takes action. The word is clear and precise. Then continuing in the Roman Catholic Catechism, we have paragraph 2131, their justification of why they go against what God says in the word. It says the following, basing itself on the mystery of the incarnate word, the seventh ecumenical council at Nicaea justified the veneration of icons of Christ, but also of the mother of God, the angels, and of all the saints. By becoming incarnate, the Son of God introduced a new economy of images. End of quotation. Here the Roman Catholic Church tries to justify its negating and contradicting the word of God by saying that the Seventh Ecumenical Council of the Church in the year 787 declared otherwise. Now, this is no authority. 800 years after Christ of a council trying to uphold the authority of men. And if you go on the authority of the councils, why not take the council 33 years before that? At Constantinople, a large council representing 338 bishops came asking that this matter be clear. And it was declared, quotation at that council in 754, that the unlawful art of painting living creatures blasphemed the fundamental doctrine of our salvation, namely the incarnation of Christ. The Catholic Church continues in its new catechism in saying, quotation, Paragraph 2132, the Christian veneration of images is not contrary to the first commandment which proscribes idols. Indeed, the honor rendered to images passes to the prototype. Here the justification is based on the philosophy of Plato on the assumption that there is an identity between type and prototype. 
The Bible says no. If we just had the word of Christ Jesus, that would be sufficient to us. We have his word. We have his command to us that we are to worship God in spirit and in truth. And this is entirely in line with the Old Testament word of God that was Christ's word also by the Holy Spirit. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image in the likeness of anything that is in heaven above or in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself nor serve them. But God now commanded all men everywhere to repent. That anyone who is into worshipping God by means of graven images is to repent. Thank you for listening to Contrast. The address to write to is Contrast, Post Office Box 55353, Portland, Oregon 97238. Again, Post Office Box 55353, Portland, Oregon 97238. To purchase the book, Far From Rome, Near to God, The Testimonies of 50 Converted Catholic Priests, simply call 1-800-447-9142. Contrast is a faith ministry. Any encouragement can be sent to Richard Bennett, Post Office Box 55353, Portland, Oregon, 97238. This Reformation audio track is a production of Stillwater's Revival Books. You are welcome to make copies and give them to those in need. SWRB makes thousands of classic Reformation resources available, free and for sale, in audio, video, and printed formats. It is likely that the sermon or book that you just listened to is also available on cassette or video, or as a printed book or booklet. Our many free resources, as well as our complete mail-order catalog, containing thousands of classic and contemporary Puritan and Reform books, tapes, and videos at great discounts, is on the web at www.swrb.com. We can also be reached by email at swrb at swrb.com, by phone at 780-450-3730, by fax at 780-468-1096, or by mail at 4710-37A Avenue, Edmonton, that's E-D-M-O-N-T-O-N, Alberta, abbreviated capital A, capital B, Canada, T6L3T5. You may also request a free printed catalog. And remember that John Calvin, in defending the Reformation's regulative principle of worship, or what is sometimes called the scriptural law of worship, commenting on the words of God, which I commanded them not, neither came into my heart, from his commentary on Jeremiah 7.31, writes, God here cuts off from men every occasion for making evasions, since he condemns by this one phrase, I have not commanded them, whatever the Jews devised. There is then no other argument needed to condemn superstitions than that they are not commanded by God. 
For when men allow themselves to worship God according to their own fancies, and attend not to his commands, they pervert true religion. And if this principle was adopted by the papists, all those fictitious modes of worship in which they absurdly exercise themselves would fall to the ground. It is indeed a horrible thing for the papists to seek to discharge their duties towards God by performing their own superstitions. There is an immense number of them, as it is well known, and as it manifestly appears. Were they to admit this principle, that we cannot rightly worship God except by obeying his word, they would be delivered from their deep abyss of error. The prophet's words, then, are very important when he says that God had commanded no such thing and that it never came to his mind, as though he had said that men assume too much wisdom when they devise what he never required, nay, what he never knew.